the puppy dogger. the BDSM show that's Billy and Devo talk sports and manliness I'm Billy I'm Devo you can find us on Twitter at BDSM show or on facebook.com slash BDSM show um, <clears throat> I figured this week we will uh, get right to it we got a pretty busy episode um, let's get into fantasy football uh, I feel like we got a couple of things to talk about um, my team didn't do so well um, could have, they've seen better days put it to you that way um so i got beat by billy um and billy you actually went did you go five and oh this week i for did. your your picks i did uh last week i picked me to beat you obviously i picked kevin obviously to beat tj jason to beat leilani uh alan to beat steve and mike to beat justin and that actually was going against the grain um you know some of the some of the Yahoo predictions. We had me beating you, TJ beating Kevin, Jason beating Leilani, Alan and Justin being victorious. So I went a little against the green, and um, I was five for five, which I'll take. Uh, if I were in in Vegas playing that as a parlay, I would have made a crap load of money. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, Vegas doesn't run odds on the BDSM show fantasy football. <laughs> BDSM, not yet, right? <laughs> not yet. So uh, we had two very large blowouts this week. Uh, the difference between those two blowouts was like one point. I think one was a fifty-four point blowout. One was a fifty-five point blowout. Uh, that was My, uh, mine. Was the, the fifty-four? By the way, yeah, that was B beating the D. He see what I did <laughs> nice. there. And uh, I believe the other masturbatory one was masturbatory innuendo. Yeah, and I believe the other <laughs> big blowout was actually Alan beating Steve. And like I said, that was like a bigger blowout by like one point. And Devin, I think you had the lowest score in the league by you know four or five points, and I think that was uh, that was pretty but, much the difference. But not enough for me to get shifted into last place. Thank you, Steve. Uh, beats by Ray for having the lowest point total in the league so that I am not stranded on an island down there. Um, so thank you, sir, for that. Um, you know, and Seattle's defense didn't do me any favors this week. Um, you know, they scored a whopping zero points for me. Um, you know, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the guys were just kind of meh. You know, and I keep waiting for Drew Brees to have like a great game and he keeps having average games. Well, I think so uh, going back home this week, um, the Saints have been on the road for the first two weeks. I think getting back back home in the Superdome, getting in, you know in front of that New Orleans uh, Houdat crowd should do one as well. I mean, they seem to thrive in that building, um, which is why if they want to make it anywhere, pretty much they have to get home field advantage, or they really won't do anything in the playoffs. Now, um, I, did, I did. I made a couple of moves this week, uh, so hopefully those will benefit me positively and hopefully all of these guys are not like retired and or suspended for drugs or any of that nonsense yeah so uh this week uh this week's matchups uh i will be playing kevin uh kevin's favored by yahoo by i think a couple points uh maybe 10 i don't know uh i will not back down uh i'm picking me uh if i had my way i would go 14 and 0 and then roll through the playoffs, and I will continue to pick myself every week because, like Pete Rose, I'm not going to bet against my team. So uh, I'm picking me. Uh, the next matchup we have is you, Devin, taking on Leilani, who uh, lost her first game last week. She still, I believe, has the most points in the league, which is she astounding does. for a one-on-one team. And last um, pick. She had last pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's been pretty good money this this season uh, so far. I think Jason beat her, you know, by a couple points coming down the stretch in that Monday Night Football game. Um, the next matchup we have, uh, oh, for that for that matchup, Devin, I'm actually I'm picking you to win, uh, and and get in the, the winner's circle here. Um, oh yeah, I got to bust my slump somehow. 
Yeah, it's got to come against someone, and if it it takes beating a woman, then you know, <laughs> by all means, I'm due. <laughs> I'm due. Uh, the next matchup we have is Allen taking on Jason, and Jason's actually he's favored to win. Uh, I'm going to take Allen. Uh, I've looked at the matchups. Uh, I like Allen's team a little better this week. I like his matchups a little better this week, and I think because Jason's got like half the Eagles team. Uh, you know, including Nick Foles as a starting quarterback. And I think at some point the Eagles are not going to have this second-half outburst. You know, they're going to play like crap in the first half, and they're going to come out in the second half and play like crap. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this week is the week. Uh, hopefully LaShawn McCoy still goes off because I have him in my money league, and uh, I could use a kick in the ass there since I'm 0-2 on that front. Uh the next matchup we have is Justin versus Steve. Justin's favored to win. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll with Justin, and I think that would actually leave Steve as the lone winless team. <laughs> nice. And then the last matchup is uh, Sorry, that's Mike. not funny, Steve. <laughs> is Mike versus TJ. And actually, so I, I, I'm, Mike is favored. I'm picking him to win, so I think that would actually make those two uh, both winless after three weeks. Uh, eventually, they'll play each other, so someone will eventually get a win, but I just don't think it's this week. Uh, the uh, the big fantasy topic for this past week and now going into this week is uh, a player I had to bench for my 55-point beating I put on you. Imagine if you played. Um, yeah, imagine if you played against four-year-olds. Yeah, he uh, this would this would be Adrian Peterson, and you know I reference imagine if he played because Stephen Jackson put up six points, and I have a feeling AP would have put up a lot more than that. But anyway, going forward, uh, I have to also not play him this upcoming week and for the foreseeable week, and that would be because he is facing child abuse charges. Um, if you have been living under a rock for, say, the last four or five days, uh, he was indicted by a grand jury. He basically what happened is he his four-year-old son, and this is this is what he admitted to investigators. His four-year-old son, uh, I think, pushed one of his other kids while they were playing Xbox. I thought and, it was like on a bicycle, maybe, but it could have been Xbox. Yeah. They they were playing in some fashion, and he pushed his other kid. So he thought, well, I'm going to discipline my son. And growing up in the South, growing up in Texas, Adrian Peterson, when he got punished, got uh, what we call a switch. And if you're unfamiliar, as uh, one girl I work with was, I don't know how, uh, a switch is basically a branch. You go out, pick a branch off a tree, Strip all the extra stuff off of it, so you just got one stick. Yeah, and your parent will proceed to whip you with it. Uh, The problem being here is AP is a, you know, he's 230 pounds of muscle. Grown-ass man. The kid is a four-year-old. So, as you can imagine, a switch did quite a number on this kid. And if you haven't seen the pictures, I, I mean, if it... If you have a, a weak stomach, I wouldn't say they're they're like terrible, terrible. You know, his guts aren't hanging out of his his stomach. Yeah, it's not but exactly it, gore. It's just disturbing. Yeah, it's it's disturbing photos, and basically, it's he has bruises and cuts up his back, down his legs, on his butt, on his nuts. Um, just it's not a good look. And he's got some of the skin got split. Like there's some scabs and stuff. Yeah, and the Vikings, to their credit. In the first week this this came out, uh, they deactivated him, which I think was the right thing to do. Then Monday, they came out and said, okay, he's activated again. We spent the weekend on a fact-finding mission, and we're going to activate him and let the, the legal process play out. Yep, let him and, innocent until proven guilty. That was their stance. And, and my, my thought on that is, if you were going to let the legal system play out, why, why deactivate him in the first place? start with, yeah. So then, you know, they get a, a Tuesday comes and <clears throat> the Radisson pulls their immediate uh, sponsorship of the team. 
and Radisson is very is very uh, visual, if you will, their sponsorship of the team because for the press conferences, there's Minnesota Vikings backdrop with Radisson all over it. So they're pulling their sponsorship. Uh, more of their corporate sponsors are putting pressure on them to do something, get it right. So, you know, the power of the almighty dollar yeah. speaks louder than anything, louder than religious views, louder, louder than, than the courts. views, louder than personal views, louder than the legal system. Corporate, corporate money is the one thing that trumps everything. So, that being said... The Vikings decided to once again deactivate him, which again is the right thing to do. Um, so, Devin, I know you've got a pretty a pretty strong view on uh, yeah. on AP well, in this. Let me let me ask you a quick question. This goes kind of back to fantasy. As a fantasy owner, with the guy in trouble the way he is, do you sit on him? Until there's an official, he's done for the season, or do you just make room on your bench for someone who's going to play? Um, just curious. I, for the time being, am going to sit him on my bench. Just sit on him, because I I have the players that you know I don't necessarily need to pick someone up to fill that hole. Like I I feel like I have the depth. That's that, what the bench is for. Yeah, I have the depth. I feel that I can I can squat on him, and if you know six weeks down the line. The court says, okay, you know, he's settled. He's, you know, settled for a pretrial thing, and, and he's going to do probation and take these classes and this and that. And the league says, okay, you can play in week 10. You know, I moral stances aside, it's fantasy football. It, it, right, you're trying to win a game. That's not the place I'm going to take a moral stand. You know, like, <laughs> I gotcha. Like, I'm not, I'm not the general manager. I'm not the owner of the football team. And you're not paying them real money. Of the franchise. So there's there's nothing financially at stake for me. There's nothing morally at stake for me. As far as I'm concerned, it's points on the board. I guess so. I I will sit with him on my bench. Um, and if he can't play, then you know, come playoff time, maybe I drop him, try to pick somebody up who I may Just, need. But I gotcha. you know, like I said, I feel like my team is is strong enough that you can sit him. I can not have sit to him dump for him. now. Yeah, I've got guys like Le'Veon Bell I can plug into running back, and I have enough receivers that I can plug into the flex slot if I need it. That I think I I'll gotcha. be okay. Just cur- I was just curious. I, I, you know, I don't know. You know, probably some of the more I don't want to say like the more emotional fantasy football players will probably yeah. dump him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the more technical players like yourself would probably sit on him. And uh, you know, just kind of let the cards fall where they where they will, and wait for official. He's done for the season. Exactly. And um, and on the emotional side of things, like you know, say your average Joe Schmo goes, well, I won't stand for what he did. I'm cutting him from my fantasy football team. Well, guess what? That impacts absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. Like, just the next you, guy who picks him up. Yeah. Good for you. You've taken a stand. But what does that what does that prove? Does it is that supposed to? I mean, are your friends going to be impressed? Um, is AP going to feel hurt that you know you didn't have the faith in him and dropped him like that? No. <laughs> so what is it? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't do anything, and that's why you know, like I said, that it's that's not the place for me to take a stand. To be emotional about it, I'm just wondering. Yeah. Um, my take on the whole situation is, you know, I saw the pictures, and the pictures to me. A criminal did that, you know, not a father disciplining his four-year-old. I mean, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and, and, uh, you know, I feel like even when he does turn four, there'll be things I can do to him that are, I don't want to say, you know, worse than hitting him with a stick, but, you know, you can take liberties away, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if they're fighting over the Xbox, cool, the Xbox goes in the garbage. and You don't get to play Xbox anymore. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, you're a millionaire, so these kids, you know, you take their iPad away or you turn off the Wi-Fi in the house and, you know, it's because, you know, you were bad. Or, you know, you could just yell at him, bark at him until he cries. He's four years old. You're a grown man. You just, you know, scare him. Uh, swat him on the behind with your hand. Yeah. You're a grown NFLer. He's a four-year-old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 
apparently this isn't the first time he's had issues with physical harm, you know, on his kids. I guess he had one of his kids in the back seat, and he dropped a curse word or something like that, and he, you know, tried to do the old reach back and smack while he's driving gimmick. Yeah. And uh, split the kid's head open. Now, I mean, he's allegedly... Uh, the kid's head caught part of a, like a sharp edge on a car seat or something like that and split him open. But, you know, I mean, really, you can smack your kid while you're yeah. driving? I mean, I, I, I get it. Um, But, it, you know, I, I don't know that I would turn around and smack him. I would probably pull over, maybe get in his face. I don't know. Sure. Um, But the pictures I saw were definitely criminal. Um, and I would think in, in the, the previous case, uh, I believe it was from last year, it's also important to note that he never actually faced criminal charges. There were never charges filed. Right. Um, at this point, it's only become public knowledge because it's like the Sandusky thing. Like one bad thing comes to the front and everybody starts coming to, you know, going to TMZ right. with it. Like, oh, he also did this. Now, do I think so. the guy should go to prison for the rest of his life? No, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, do I think he should lose his kids, like have zero custody? I do think that. I don't think he's of the right mind to raise children. Does that make sure. sense? Sure. You know, like, I, I just don't think, I wouldn't want him around my kid, um, you know, I, you know, for fear that, you know, if someone disciplined my kid that way, you know, I'd have, you know, if my wife came home and showed me, you know, Finn, that she hit him with a stick, I'd have my own Ray Rice situation here. Sure. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know how the NFL wants to handle it. You know, maybe they need to make a rule about any felony, you know, like, you know, your dummies need to get a grip on what's going on here. You can't, you know, you have to live better than everyone else. You know what I mean? Like above, yeah. like, like not above model. the law, but yeah, exactly. You know, they need a code of conduct that, you know, hey, AP, if you want to play football now, buddy, you have to play arena ball or you have to move to Canada. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, he's not done with football. It's just he's going to have to either play, you know, in hockey stadiums or he's going to have to, you know, play in Alberta. So sure. um, I don't know that there's a place in the league for him. I mean, there's probably 10 teams that would hire him because he is a really good running back. Same thing with Ray Rice, you know. amazing Jerry running. would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, these are amazing running backs, um, but they're just uh, not amazing men. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. You know, great player, just, not great yeah. person. Yep. I mean, Ray Rice is a fantastic running back, great running back. I mean, I watched yeah. him run all over USF, and, you know, Several I wish he would have died in a fire then. Uh, and then he goes to, you know, the Ravens, and I'm like, oh, he's undersized. He'll never make it. He's he's no good. You know, I want to see him fail. And all the guy does is succeed on the field. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, like liking the art but not liking the artist. You know, you can say what you want about Michael Jackson being, you know, a child molester or a weirdo, but you play his greatest hits album and you know all the words to every song. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just kind of is like, is liking the art and not liking the artist. And that's kind of, you know, I don't, I don't know how to feel about these football players cause they're great football players, fantastic sure. football players. They're just bad dudes. You know, they're just not good people. So. Okay. Well here I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take a semi unpopular stance. Okay. Uh, I know you and I have, have discussed this at length, and we we see it differently, and that's okay. It, you know, we yeah. we respect each other's viewpoints. This is America. The the way I see it, um, I just I don't think he's this horrible scumbag of a person. I think what happened, and you know, like I mentioned earlier. He grew up in Texas, so when he got in trouble, he got a switch, or he got a belt, or, you know, he got whatever physical punishment that he got, and so when he comes to to being a parent, when he crosses that bridge in his life, that's what he knows. You know, that's what he knows worked on him, so that's what he's going to, you know, put down on his children when he's trying to discipline them. Um. I think a switch might be a little much for a four-year-old, but I don't think he went into it with the attention, the intention of of tearing him up like he did. You know, it it just to me. Again, he's two hundred forty pounds of just raw muscle, so I think even a flick of a wrist, he could have done that kind of damage. 
I don't think sure. he went into it with the intention of, you know, I'm going to mess I'm this, gonna kid this kid up. I'm going to wreck this kid. Yeah. I, mean, know, I, like, I got gotcha. you. I'm going to emotionally scar him for life. So it's hard for me to come out and say straight up, like, this guy's a scumbag. Um, as far as losing custody of his kids, I don't know because I'm not, I'm not privy to their information and, and how they're handling custody. But he's got like four or five kids from, you know, three or four different moms. Yeah, I was going to say he has several baby mamas. And to his credit, like he's actually making an effort to be in the life or the lives, if you will, of all of his children. Like he, he's, he's actually making a physical presence. Uh, maybe a, a bit misguided as far as discipline is concerned. But at least I look at look at a guy like Antonio Cromartie. That guy is legitimately a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a scumbag. He's got what ten kids from you know six, seven, eight different nine women. mothers. Yeah, and he could. He doesn't even know all their names. Yeah, he couldn't name them all. You know, let alone being a physical presence in their lives. And you can say, well, you know, maybe cutting a check to 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 the moms is better than being there and splitting the kid's head open, but. He didn't, I fully believe he didn't mean to put that kind of harm on his children. And if he's just writing these checks to the moms, who's to say these moms are, are using that money on their kid? You know, like they, they, there's, there are women who will sleep with an NFL player trying to get pregnant so they can get that paycheck. You know what I mean? So... Again, back to Adrian Peterson. Sure, I'd try to get pregnant by an NFLer if I could. He, <laughs> he's uh, he's actually making an effort to be in their lives. Again, a bit misguided with taking a switch to a four-year-old. But again, I mean, if that's what he knows, if that's what his parents did to him, and he thinks, well, look at me, you know, I turned out, I, I'm a good person, I'm tough, uh, you know, I. I, he, he knows all these charitable things. He, he, he's a millionaire. He goes to the store with these underprivileged kids and buys stuff for them out of his own pocket. You know, he flies kids from Texas to Minnesota to come to Vikings games because they can't afford anything, you know? So he, he does a lot of great things. It's hard for me to call him a scumbag. You know, like I, again, I don't think he went into it with, with the mindset that I, I'm going to tear this kid a new a-hole. You know, I think he just, he went to punish and it got out of hand. And that can happen quickly for someone who's 230, 240 pounds of just raw muscle. Again, a flick of the wrist could have done that kind of damage with a switch. And I just don't think, I agree with him being suspended, you know, to to some level. Especially pending the results of of the you know, court proceedings of the criminal trial. Yes. Right. Um, if they come back and, and he does, you know, some kind of pretrial thing and, and pleads out and takes probation and, and, you know, doesn't do any jail time or anything. I can see the way coming out and going, we're going to suspend you for half a season. And that's justified. It is, you know, he, he legitimately, he messed up, put a hurting on these kids, but he made a mistake. You know, like again, he didn't—he didn't have the intention of physically scarring this kid. And there are people in the league now that have done far worse things than over-disciplining their kids. Uh, Dante Stallworth killed a man driving drunk. How many players have been busted for DUI? Yeah, right. You know, and these. Uh, DUI is, as far as I'm concerned, one of the worst things you can do because you literally have no control over what you're doing and you're behind a two-ton gigantic metal torpedo. And there's no excuse for DUI. You know, you're yeah, not with a that millionaire. Money. You can call a cab. You can call a friend. You can call a limo. Uh, any Anyone will drive you home, you know? Um, so you're right. Yeah, DUI is probably... One of the one of the most egregious offenses, other than you know, allegedly stabbing someone in a club, or you know, firing your pistol off down your leg, or exactly. you know, orchestr- orchestrating a dog fighting ring. You know, it's um, yeah. There's and a lot know, of bad. Like Michael Vick committed a, a federal, not just a localized 
uh, felony. He committed a federal crime because he was doing it over state lines, you know, in multiple areas. And he did what? Like a year in prison and then uh, sat out half a season and Roger Goodell said, okay, you're rehabbed. You can come back. You know, so I, I would find it extremely difficult to say that AP for over disciplining his, his son, his son, not somebody else's son, his son, who he's making an effort to be in the life of. Um, I find it, I find it hard to say that he should be done, you know, in, in the NFL. I just don't see it. Well, you um, know, they might want to make an example out of him as, you know, as it might be what happens like him and Ray Rice are, I think going to get it pretty bad. Well, and that's another thing. I think the unfortunate thing for AP, and I don't know that you can say, well, poor AP, you know, this, this happened when it did. He had the unfortunate timing of this coming out while the NFL is getting blasted for the way it handled the Ray Rice situation. You know, like, I feel like if this happened last year before the whole Ray Rice thing, maybe it's not scrutinized as heavily. But this comes out a week after Roger Goodell's taken a beating in the media over the way he handled the Ray Rice suspension and then allegedly seeing the tape for the first time, which I think we can all agree he's full of shit. And he's getting blasted for this. Everybody, all eyes are on the NFL for all the worst reasons. So yeah, exactly. This, you know, this comes out in public, and now people are going, well, NFL players, at first they're beating women, now they're beating kids? This is terrible. <laughs> they're doing drugs and popping molly at horse races. So, and, and I just, I think it's it's unfortunate timing for when this came public. And I mean, it, this investigation happened months ago. And they just indicted him, you know, last week. So I think he had an idea it was coming. But if they had announced it before Ray Rice's garbage-ass two-game suspension, I don't think there's as much heat on him. I really Nobody's don't. Nobody's even talking about him anymore. Exactly. So I think it's unfortunate for him the way it was timed. Um, but, you know, I I do hope... And and he he came out he's come out since and and said he in dealing with the investigators he realized that you know he he went about it wrong and he messed, messed up. up and you know he's working with a psychologist on on better ways to handle his children when disciplining them than sending them out back to pick their own switch and then tearing into their hide. So I mean he clearly he clearly cares. You know, he he clearly is, I believe him when he says he's sorry for doing that kind of damage to him. You know, I I firmly believe that. I have a hard time calling him a scumbag. I really do. The only, the only, and I'll, I'll leave it after this, the only, the only thing I can say is like when his parents beat him with a stick, I think that was wrong then as well. Just like back then, his parents had to drink out of a separate water fountain or, you know, they couldn't get married to white people. You know, I feel like we evolve as a society and we've evolved away from that corporal punishment, you know. Um, So I just would love to see AP evolve from here. And, you know, like you said, I mean, he's getting help. So, I mean, I would love to see him evolve from here and maybe become that like, hey, you know what? I got this is what I did. And. You know, now upon, you know, reflection and realizing I'm going to put my effort into making sure that parents know how to deal with their kids in a non-physical way. Like, I would love to see that. So sure. he's got a he's got a really good opportunity here if he wanted to, you know, steer this thing out of the ditch, you know, because if he just lets go of the wheel here, uh, he's going to end up playing in Canada, you know? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I can see something coming up where, you know, he he does you know uh public speech opportunities yeah. yep. and, and go to like the battered women's and children's shelters and yeah, yeah. you know I, I i i really i honestly believe he's a good person at heart and i think he will he will find a way to make a positive out of this 
I, well, I, I honestly believe that. And again, it's not just because I have him on my fantasy team. Because <laughs> right, if I have to lose him for the year, then so be it. But I, I just not knowing him personally, obviously, but seeing what he's done off the field more than even on the field, I, I honestly believe he's a good person at heart. So I do think he'll get it turned around. Um, someone who may be a good person at heart, we don't no. know. He's a, but is extremely dumb. Dim. Um, this is a dim dude. The next yeah, guy we're going to talk about here. His, he's like his name might as well almost, be uh, Dumbest Winston. Yeah, uh, this or kid Bo- is Forest Win- Forest Winston. Yeah, like he's just dumb. Uh, in case you missed it, uh, I believe it went public here Tuesday. Uh, Jameis Winston was suspended. For the first half of Florida State Clemson, uh, which basically amounts huge to a slap game. on the wrist. It's, that's um, a huge game, though. It is, but if you're going to suspend him, do it for the game. I agree. That, that's the way I view it. Don't none of this. We're going to suspend him for the first couple series, or we're going to suspend him for minutes. kickoff. And no uh, starting. Because then, what they're going to do the first half, they're going to run the ball more, so they don't have to worry about what the quarterback's going to do. Yeah. Anyway, if you missed it. Uh, Jameis Winston was at the student union, and I don't know the context, but uh, Devin, do you want to uh, enlighten the world as to what it is he shouted at the student union? So it's basically an internet meme, which is like those goofy pictures with funny block, you know, Helvetica, uh, you know, sayings on them, you know, like the success kid or um, this one happens to be a YouTube video. I know I feel like I saw the original video maybe a year ago. Okay. Um, and it's a it's a live interview, like uh, you know, Channel Ten News is on the corner interviewing, you know, Johnny Appleface about you know the bus driver strike, right, or whatever it happens to be. And um, the guy who she's interviewing is talking, and he's playing along, and he's uh, you know, he's he's goading her. You know, as soon as she asks him a question, he replies with this horrible thing that you would never say on live television and um i'm going to quote here so if you're my wife and or parents uh and sorry billy you're gonna have to edit this out uh so the the lady asks him you know oh what do you think about you know whatever the bus driver strike and the guy replies fuck her right in the pussy and uh the woman who he's talking to is obviously mortified Yes. You know, and that's the joke. That's part, you know, that's, you know, that went over to live air and now it's, you get to watch her and the anchors at, you know, in the studio go, okay, <laughs> you know, stunned um, silence. Right. And so now then it, it's kind of progressed from there with other people have seen this and now they're trying to get on live television and say those words again. Um, and so Jameis Winston, I think was describing this video. Uh, to a couple of his buddies, and I think he got carried away, and um, it, it, somebody overheard him say this. N- now, probably not the smartest thing to do when you're under investigation for rape. Yep, uh, exactly. Probably exactly. Not sm- <laughs> probably not the smartest thing to do within earshot of anyone other than your very closest friends, um, and probably not something you know, you'd want to say like outside of, your own home team like locker room you know what i mean like sure i i get the joke i mean it was it's a rude thing to say it was funny to watch this woman react to uh what this guy said to her in stunned silence right exactly like it's a prank i get it it's not it's not a funny prank like you know i poured water on your head i mean it's those are disgusting words to say um but he said them somebody heard him and it got like retweeted times a million because Jameis is a dummy. Exactly, and you know, like you said, um, the university at the moment is reinvestigating how the rape case was handled because uh, there are concerns there was a violation of Title IX, which is basically equal treatment for all students on campus. And basically what it amounts to is trying to guarantee equality for female students on the campus. And this rape case, uh, we've talked at length before, largely went uninvestigated. 
So the university now has to reanalyze what how it was handled and and see what they can do about it because if there's a Title IX violation, they're looking at losing millions in federal funding. And like we talked about earlier, the almighty dollar speaks louder yeah. than anything else. And the school is not about to let itself lose millions in federal funding. They're just not. So one thing you don't want your star quarterback who was investigated for rape and is currently causing a university investigation, one thing you don't want him, even if it was just speaking around other students, uh, or I thought I read one report that he yelled it, um, you don't want him yelling F her right in the P. <laughs> so it, I, like I, I'm i not laughing because those words, I just think it's funny the way Billy said it. That's all. I, I just don't, you have to be stupid. Like, you know, you're the biggest man on campus. If there's Everyone one person on are. campus, all eyes are on. It's not the head coach of the football team. It's not the goddamn Lou grows a winner kicker. It's not the highest-paid professor on the university. It's not the school president, which they don't have. They're still trying to pick. But if they had a school president, he's not the one all eyes are on. It's on Jameis Winston, the you know now redshirt sophomore who won a Heisman Trophy as a redshirt freshman, tore up everybody, led him to a national title. Everybody's eyes and ears are on you. You can't afford to be your dumb self. Yeah, you can't. You're right. You, you need to actually, be like a censored version of you. You have to you have to at least try to look smart. There's millions of dollars riding on you not looking like a dummy. Yeah. And and there's street smarts and there's book smarts. We I think most people would agree that he's he's not the smartest when it comes to book smarts. Um nope. all stop short of, of calling him a tard. Um, I don't want to go that far, but he's not the brightest crayon in the box. And so you would think someone who's made it this far in life, who's dumb as a box of rocks, would at least be street smart. And you know <laughs> right, what's, exactly. what's not street smart when you're being investigated for rape, yelling out at the student union, effort right in the P. It's just not smart. It's dumb. That's not book smart. That's not street smart. That's not anything smart. And to me, the football team, which has largely dodged having to do any kind of punishment on this kid for anything else, because it's all pretty much come out during baseball season. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yep. They get around it by by suspending him. And he's a pitcher, right? Yeah. And so he's not even, you know, they suspend him for five baseball games, and he probably only pitches really one of them. Yeah, well, I think he was a closer, so they missed him for a couple games, and I think he might have, you know, DH'd for a couple games or something. But, you know, the point still stands. Like, baseball is not the moneymaker on the Florida State campus. Football is. So they looked out with, you know, the investigation thing happened last year for the rape, and I think it came out towards the end of the season. So they didn't have to suspend him for that. He steals the crab legs in the spring, so they don't have to suspend him for that. They let the baseball team handle that. And by the time football season comes around, well, <laughs> he's already been disciplined, see? This is when they could have made a statement and said, you've got to get your crap together. You've got to be smarter than this. And what do they do? They suspend him for a half in a game that a lot of people feel they're going to win anyway. But it is a big game. Have some balls. Suspend him for the game. Yeah, make a statement. Jimbo Fisher, you've basically proven you're a coward and you don't think you can win the game without him. And dumb, dumb Jameis writes the ticket around there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not in control anymore, Jimbo. He is. Clearly. Clearly. It, it, once again, it comes down to, like the Vikings were when they reactivated Peterson, it comes down to winning football games. Yep. You know, there's no, there's no sense of accountability. It's about winning football games. And uh, that's troublesome. If you think winning football games is more important than investigating uh, the rape of a student, uh, you got problems. Yeah. So So, I want to move on to USF. uh, Speaking of raped, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, we could have used that rape whistle that Kevin gave you this past week. <laughs> right. Uh, the defense flat out didn't show up, and we gave up, I think, one yard short of uh, an all-time record for USF. I believe we gave up 589 yards of total offense, which is outrageous. Um, That's a lot of yards. Yeah, we got beat down, and I, I really I think what happened is, you know, every every team has – Every now and then, a team is just going to flat not show up, and they're going to get handled. And I think that's what happened. I honestly, I don't think we were forty-nine to seventeen against NC State bad. I agree. Um, as a team, I think we just had like the worst day you could possibly have. Uh, the swing point for me was in a fourteen-seven game. Uh, Mike White cocked back to pass, got hit as his arm was moving forward. The dumb dumb refs ruled it a fumble on the field. And I think that played into the decision after the review. They came back and said, no, he fumbled, uh, you know, NC State ball. His hand, his arm was moving forward uh, by any kind of standard, NFL or college. That's an incomplete pass. And it seemed to me that Mike White never recovered from that. Um, at the time of that play, he was two for four for 80 yards and a touchdown. And on that particular play, the guy he was thrown to, was wide open was going to be another long touchdown pass and i think at that point he would have he's got the confidence he's rolling he's throwing strikes you know let's keep this thing going and at least the offense would give the defense a chance to get them get their feet back under that catch catch a breath yeah because there's one thing you you can't have happen when a defense gives up you know an 80 yard drive in three and a half minutes they're gassed because they couldn't get off the field what you can't do is come out and go three and out. And we did that, I don't know, seven, eight, nine times. It was had, at least seven punts. We had 80 yards after like three possessions. In the next, I don't know, six or seven possessions resulted in negative yards. We had like 80 yards at the half. That's terrible. Uh, Mike White never got, it, never got it going after that. He was two for four for 80 yards at that point, and he finished – uh, the rest of the game, he went, uh, I think it was two for 12 for two yards. So yeah, he, he, just, like he never got it 16. going. The O-line was terrible. Um, we got Quentin Flowers some action, which I think will pay dividends going forward. Uh, I believe two of his four passes were interceptions, but you know one of them was kind of desperation uh, towards the end of the game, so I won't hold it too much against him. And he's a true freshman, so he's going to make mistakes. But I think he has a dimension that we don't otherwise have because he's a good enough athlete. If he wanted to play receiver, he could excel at that. So that gives us some more athleticism at the quarterback position. Uh, I think Taggart's going to still roll with White, and he's already getting on the O-line about holding up better. Got to. Uh, You're invested with White. You know, you got to exactly. keep him in there. I mean, you can't just keep changing stuff around. You just exactly. have to invest in your offense and, you know, and, and muscle through it, you know. And I don't know. I'm sorry if I interrupted you. Um, you know what I want to see more of, Billy? I want to see more of taking the snap from under the center like a grown-ass man. And I agree. Knock it, knock it off with this shotgun garbage. And I, I just I think – to a degree, Mike White's uh, fractured forearm might have played a part in that. Uh, I don't know how well he was handling snaps under center in practice. So that may have played a part in it. Um, but I, I do agree, you know, roll out there with two tight ends, a fullback, and a halfback. Yeah. And, you know, one wide out. Or... Impose your will. Do exactly. You know what I mean? I feel like a, a, a tailback and a fullback – Take it at snap from under center. They can roll out into screens if they if that's what you're into, or yeah. you can run inside the tackles and just impose your will. Yeah, and so um, you know, it, last week wasn't much to write home about. Obviously, uh, this week we're playing UConn Friday night. Uh, we're six and five on Friday nights. UConn looks extremely beatable, but then so did NC State. But I don't see UConn putting up 49 points. I don't think they have enough offense for that. Um, I, I'll tell you, I want to see them get back to the running game. Uh, another thing I want to see, and, and actually this is something I really don't want to see slash hear, if the people who pick the music for the games play uh, 
I think it's Black Eyed Peas. I've got a feeling <laughs> that tonight's going to be a good night. If they play this song one more goddamn time, I'm going to find out who's picking it, and I, I'm i going to have the urge to show up to their house and break their dog's legs. Aww. Like, I'm just, I'm over that. Like, here's the thing. When we were a good team, anytime they played that song on a kickoff, bad things happened. Terrible things happened. In 2008, when we were the number 10 team in the country and we lost to Pittsburgh at home, we scored a touchdown late to take the lead. And they, on the kickoff, prior to the kickoff, played, I've got a, I got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night, blah, blah, blah. And the kicker kicked it straight out of bounds. And Pittsburgh started on the 40, went right down the field, scored to, you know, scored to take the lead and win the game. And down we go on that spiral, fall out of the rankings again, uh, like the, the season before. Every time we're winning a game, they play this song on a kickoff, bad things happen. So NC State looked extremely beatable coming in. And while we're sitting in our seats waiting for the game to start, they wouldn't you know it, they play Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling. And I turned to Heather, my wife, and said, I really wish they hadn't played that. I really wish they wouldn't. Number one, it's a terrible song, so we hate it already. But for me, it's associated with all the bad things that happened to USF on the football field. So as soon as they played it, I went, oh, God damn it. Like, I, I thought we had a chance coming in, but now we might not. And lo and behold, we got our asses beat up and down the field. Uh, when we heard it, Heather thought, to, you know, thought out loud, hey, you know, maybe this will be like a reverse curse. Like, we suck now, so maybe we'll play well. No, no, we played a really beatable team. And we crap the bed. So if I hear this stupid song at any home games for the rest of the season, I'm going to have to find out who who's picking the songs and, you know, light a send flaming, a light, a, ter- light a bag of dog turd on send fire. Them a tersely worded email. Yeah. <laughs> and a picture of a dog in a body cast. <laughs> this could be your dog. Yeah. I, I'm just over it. So that's my rant. That's I'm 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 over that. Uh, I hope we never hear that stupid song again ever in the history of mankind. I don't care if we have an on-campus stadium and we're number one and we've rolled off 56 straight wins. I guarantee you, they play that song. We lose the next game. We lose to Army the very next week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. Uh, I want to see a better team on the field. I think they'll come out fired up this week. Uh, so I think we win this week. I uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to go straight from work to the parking lot. Uh, I'm gonna try and get out at like I normally get out at six. Uh, the game starts at eight. I'm gonna try and get out of work by like four thirty five o'clock. I might hop, hop a taxi over there because it's only like two miles away from my office. I'm not walking. It's way too hot for that. Um, so I might hop a taxi so I don't have to pay for parking. Good idea. Um, it's gonna be on ESPN. Uh, so everybody can tune in and and look for Billy. He's in the south end zone. Sure, he's about ten rows up. And uh, with uh, a on, sexy beard. Yep. On the, if you're uh, you know on the uh, camera there, you're probably he's on the top side of the the field. Um, and we're gonna be in lot number eight. Uh, you know, Billy will be there. I will be there. We'll be signing autographs for all of our fans. So if you guys can come by, I'll sign anything you bring me. If anybody uh, wants you can their even, forehead signed or their baby yep. signed, I'm yeah, yeah. more than willing to do that. Yep, you can even sell it on eBay. I don't mind. I'll give you a certificate of authenticity. Sure. Um, so come by and um, drink a natural light and get something signed. Of course. So we're going to shift away from sports now, and we're going to move into um, a list. We uh, try to try to get something, you know, that's life related as opposed to sports related although for us a lot of times you can relate life to sports and they kind of mirror each other but for sure this this week we've decided to make a list of three actors or three favorite actors um so and probably the next episode we'll end up doing the three favorite actresses um sure so this week um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and start okay that way you'll uh you'll bet the old cleanup uh Last ups there. 
Um, the I'm gonna go three, two, one. The okay. third, my third favorite actor right now, and this is obviously a living list. You know, it depends on what I've seen lately, and sure. you know uh, all those things. So the number three on my list right now is uh, Vince Vaughn. Um, okay, I know the guy can be kind of cheesy, and he plays the same character in every single movie. Yeah. Um, but I love that character in every single movie. Um, so he's predictable, and I think that's probably what, one of the things I like about him. Mm-hmm. Is that it's easy to watch, you yeah. know? I don't have to pay too much attention because I know that his character is from Chicago. Yeah. Um, his character likes to eat. Um, his character, yeah, likes to be lazy, and his character uh, is a womanizer. So you know, I, I'm okay with all of those attributes. Sure. Um, and then I just like to see how this character reacts to different situations, whether it's um, you know helping his best friend get over uh, an ex girlfriend in Swingers. Or if it's um, helping his brother, Kevin James, start a uh, Chicago tour business. Um, Or maybe he's crashing weddings with uh, um, Owen Wilson. Um, Or most recently, I think his most recent movie was that one with Ben Stiller and Jonah Hill uh, with the Neighborhood Watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a fun movie. I, I really enjoyed it. So, Vince Vaughn, you are my number three, sir. Okay. Um, I just want to get a few honorable mentions out of the way because this number three, you know, top three thing is it's kind of tough to narrow down. That's why uh, we did three instead of five, you know. Yeah, I got a lot of a lot of actors that I'll watch pretty much there anything they're in. Uh, off the top of my head, Chris Pine, uh, Chris Pratt, Bruce Willis, Jason Statham, Johnny Depp, Steve Carell. I think Steve Carell is a comic genius. Um, pretty much any role he's thrust into, he can you know, make hilarious. Uh, so it's tough to leave those guys out. My number three is the rock. Uh, Uh, he almost made my list again. He's kind of, he's almost typecast. I know he's taken a few roles, um, outside of what you might expect to try and avoid being typecast as just the big muscle head. But, um, at some point a couple years ago, he finally figured out, well, this is me. I might as well embrace it. Own it. Um, I was really glad to see him get worked into the Fast and Furious series. Um, that movie, Pain and Gain, he was gigantic. He was. Um, he's in that uh, the new Hercules movie, which I kind of wanted to see. Uh, but I, I, I like the fact that he's not afraid to make fun of himself. Uh, he's an extremely funny guy for uh, a muscle-bound, extremely large fellow. Uh, so I usually find... Uh, I usually find myself enjoying, you know, his movies. Uh, last night, Walking Tall was on, and that's kind that's of what one. made me think, hey, maybe we should discuss our favorite actors because uh, The Rock could shit on a film reel, and I'd probably watch it. So that's my number three. My number two, um, and this took a little bit of deliberating for me, uh, number two is a guy who does have range. He can do comedy. He can do drama for sure. Um, I'm going to give you Kevin Spacey. Okay. Um, loved him in American Beauty. Yep. Um, great flick. Um, he was in, um, I think it was, I want to say it was Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn. He was the evil guy who's going to cancel Christmas so he can do comedy. Okay. Um, he he was uh, Lex Luthor in one of the Superman movies. Um, I enjoy it. I think I'll watch anything Kevin Spacey is in. Um, great guy. Lots of range. He's funny when he needs to be and dead serious when he needs to be. Yeah. And American Beauty was actually on, uh, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago on HBO. I, I think it had been probably 15 years since I'd seen that movie and, and it was still a, a really good movie. Well, like, and he that movie is so creepy, and it's creepy because you believe his character. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yep. his, you live through his character, and you know the heartache that he has, and the crush he has on, I would presume, an eighteen-year-old high schooler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I um, it's a great movie, and it's uncomfortable, and it's uncomfortable because Kevin Spacey wants you to be uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so my number two is Will Smith. Good pick. Um, he 
he was kind of when he made his his return to the movie scene back in like uh was it 96 or 98 or whenever it was independence I think it was 96 day. with uh independence day he was kind of just an action star at first uh but he's done movies the legend of bagger vance muhammad ali um pursuit of happiness pursuit of happiness i, I don't know if you saw seven pounds but uh that was an extremely emotional movie uh, I really liked him in that movie. Um, I just I think he's got really good range for, you know, someone who primarily has done big action movies. Uh, the Bad Boys series, obviously, we can't yeah. talk about Will Smith and not talk about the Bad Boy movies. Uh, he's funny. Um, he's not necessarily the greatest rapper, but he can rap. <laughs> um, and you know, like the movie I Am Legend. Even, you know, he's just, he can do drama. He can do action. I, Robot. Uh, he could do funny. Yeah, I, Robot. I think the only movie I haven't really enjoyed him in, and I haven't seen the whole movie all the way through, was the one he recently did with his kid, that After Earth movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Scientology promotional video. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's one of the few of his uh, movies that I just won't, you know, I can't watch. Uh, so that's my number the, uh, two. What about what about his classic uh, Wild Wild West? You know, see, and, and even I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but I can sit it's down. So and watch much that cheese, movie. but he was funny in it. Yeah, exactly. You take it for what it mm-hmm. was. It was intentionally cheesy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It was meant to be like a cartoon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't a take it too book. serious. <laughs> right. Lighten right. Up, the mechanical Francis. spider's not real. Exactly. Um, my number one. Um, is a guy that hit he can't miss Denzel Washington. Okay, um, that's a good one. Yeah, you know he can do funny. He can definitely do drama. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time forever will be Training Day. Absolutely, um, fantastic flick, and it's so serious that you can't just like flip that movie on and like do the dishes and like vacuum and stuff. You know, that's one you need to sit down and watch. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, Training Day. Um, also, honorable mention for Denzel. Um, I got to put Man on Fire. Yeah, you know, absolutely. that's like uh, that movie. every parent's like, you know, if you're ever going to have like this like rampage uh, as a parent, you know, protecting your children, that's the rampage you picture, you know, exactly. in, in your head. Um, so that one, um, and then he's done uh, the one with Chris Pine. Didn't he do the Unstoppable? Something like that. Um, yeah. The train movie. I went and saw that in the theater. He's got a new one coming out. I think it's called The Equalizer. I really want um, to see that too. And it looks basically like a sequel to Training Day, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's even the same director, um, yeah. where it's just Denzel being a badass. Uh, American Gangster. American Gangster. Yep, he was Frank Lucas in American Gangster. So, um, oh, and the, remember the Clash? Remember the Titans? Yeah, he was the. Uh, you know, the black coach coming into the white town and taking over the white coach's job and still brought this, you know, completely, you know, racist town together around football. Yep. Um, one, of the, one of the better sports movies uh, out there. For sure. Um, so I am going to say Denzel Washington's my number one favorite actor right now. Yeah, you know, I actually, when I was thinking about this last night, he was one of the first people popped in my head. And then when I went to come to write down the list... Uh, completely brain farted and forgot him. Um, he would definitely be for sure in my top five, uh, probably at number four. Uh, I'm a big fan of Denzel. I will watch, uh, again, much like The Rock, uh, or Will Smith, uh, he could shit on a film reel and, you know, I would plug it right in and, and watch it. You know, I'd, <laughs> I'd watch it on a 19, 19 inch old school two CRT, yep. You know, just to get it in. On my Sony Watchman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, My number one um, is a man who started out with a lot of promise, fell into drug problems. Ooh, I like where you're going. I already know who it is, and I love it. Came back with a bang uh, in the Iron Man series, and that'd be Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He's just, to me, he's got incredible range. And he's a smart guy. Um, Good looking. Iron Man, Sherlock Holmes, that whole series. I I don't think 
there's no one they could have picked for Iron Man that would have been better than than Tony Stark or uh, Robert Downey Jr. You know, I to agree. be Tony Stark, it's the same kind of, at least in the comics, like Tony Stark's big thing is he's this this whiz kid prodigy and he falls to alcoholism and all that stuff and then bounces back and that's I mean that's his life you know he can play that character because that's him that's what he's done Um, you know Sherlock Holmes he plays a super genius who's also a a martial arts expert Um, Tropic Thunder exactly Tropic Thunder you know he's a dude playing playing a dude disguised as another dude and yeah. if you didn't know that was Robert Downey Jr. beforehand, you might be convinced it's a black dude. Yep, you never would have known. So, I mean, I I just think he's an incredible actor. And he's one of those guys that, you know, as long as he doesn't put out a movie that's supposed to be, you know, s- extremely overthinking it, um, I, I'm all about him. Did you, you know? know his role in Tropic Thunder, he got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor? And that's a... Ben Stiller movie, like written and directed by Ben Stiller, yeah, and he's nominated. The part that they wrote for him was so amazing, and he played it so well. He was nominated, and you want to know who beat him that year? That was uh, the Heath Ledger year. Heath no? Ledger, dead Heath Ledger, played an amazing, out of his world Joker, yeah, and beat him. It, had that movie been released earlier or later? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. has an Oscar for a Ben Stiller movie. I mean, that yeah, shows you what kind of talent. Being in a comedy, being playing <laughs> right. a, a white dude playing a black dude, you know. Yep, so. he's a, 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 a you know a whole movie full of dick and fart jokes, and uh, exactly he's up for an award for it because yeah. he played it so well. So I agree. That's a that's a great pick. Uh, and you're you know Downey, you know I I thought about Downey. Uh, and if this was a top four list, uh, Donnie would make he debated the cut. So um, that's a great pick. Good sh- good job, buddy. Um, and that's about what we've got time for today. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with a quote. Um, this is a historical quote. Uh, we, I usually don't go history on you guys. Um, this one is by Winston Churchill, and he said one time, "A good speech should be like a woman's skirt." long enough to cover the subject and short enough to create interest. So um, that's all we got for you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening in, and we'll uh, see you guys next week. All righty, guys. See you next week.